1: Neil Ruddock, defender and notorious hard man. Please don't hurt us, Neil. Played for Spurs, Southampton, Liverpool, West Ham, Millwall, Swindon and QPR. One Cap for England, now television personality appearing on I'm a Celeb, Harry's Heroes and something called James May's Man Lab. Plus author, in fact, double author. He's got two books and today we're reading one of them, 1999's Hellraiser. So let's see what the book club and our special guest, Kevin Day, think of it on today's football book club.
2: I just wonder if any books written that year were allowed to have because he seems to have used up the entire year's supply of exclamation marks
1: Alan Sugar Neil Ruddock is the original Taylor Swift Kanye West
3: do you Ham Street Village Hall <laughs> take <laughs> Bambi to be your lawfully wedded husband all he did was take off all his
2: clothes and cover his penis with a Budweiser that's all he did all, all he, he did. did all he
1: did <laughs> Hello and welcome to Football Book Club, the only book club where, instead of literary classics, each episode we read another footballer's autobiography. Less Robert Frost, more Dost. And uh,
3: oh, <laughs> 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 oh! Uh, as soon as he said Robert Frost, I was like, "Where's this going to go?" Yeah, yeah. And Bast then I dost. was Bastost. We don't
1: usually have continental ones, so it's quite exciting for no. us to get someone in. That was um, David Smith who sent us that one, so thanks a lot, David. I'm James Buck. Over the weeks, we'll be reading classics such as David O'Leary's My Story and Tim Cahill's Tiny Timmy Soccer Superstar, which really rolls (laughs) off the tongue nicely. (laughs) But today, we're reading Neil Ruddock's 1999 book, Hellraiser, and joining me to read it are Jack Bernhardt. Hello. And welcome to the show, comedian, writer, and co-presenter of the brilliant Price of Football podcast is Kevin Day.
2: Hello. Kevin. uh, Hello, can I just... uh point out your fact file was very um accurate but you missed out one club that he played for which of course was crystal palace
4: oh i uh, was gonna say when he was uh,
2: he, he was legendarily fined four times for being over 16 stone <laughs> and was so he's still one of the least popular players that palace have ever had wow uh, he was he was sent off and i think his third game and he 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 walked off uh, waving at the palace fans blowing kisses it's like, and somebody had to point out to him that we were the home fans that he was talking. Uh, <laughs> there was a half-hearted apology the next day. But
1: yet, you, um, you know, despite saying that about uh, Neil, you, 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 you tell me with him, Kevin. You told me.
2: Well, this, this, this is one of the reasons I really wanted to to read this book when you kindly invited me onto the the pod. Our pleasure. Because I I, I know Neil. I met Neil a long time for a family that he grew up with in Ashford. One of my closest friends, Mark Webster, was a very close friend of him. And his brother, so I knew Neil through him, and then I've worked on a lot of uh, TV sports comedy shows, and yep. Neil was always the go-to guy. If you wanted somebody to take his clothes off, <laughs> the five hundred quid, it was always Neil Ruddock nice. that you approached, and he was <laughs> perfectly happy to do so. His agent had a scale of how many clothes he would take off for how much no money. Way.
4: Wow.
2: Yeah, and and essentially, what he would do, you know, if you offered him another five hundred quid, he would he would display everything. But and then I ended up doing a podcast with with Neil. Oh um, and I really like him. I really genuinely like him. He's an interesting bloke. But the reason I wanted to read to read the book was that Neil is he he talks very well about football. He's he's well informed about politics and current but he's painted himself into this corner mm. with his with his image of this you know hellraiser, yep. heavy drinker, mm. um no nonsense, straightforward, games gone type attitude to football that no one will come near him when it comes to t- talking seriously about sport. So I wanted to read this book partly because obviously I'll, I'll read any football book from the, the 70s, 80s and 90s, uh, but partly because I wanted to see what he was like then and whether he was and – and quite clearly within the first chapter you can see him heading towards that corner with his can of paint. Yeah. Even even back then <laughs> he was painting himself yeah, into yeah, the corner. Yeah, yeah. His imi- he was setting up his image in this book. Um, he knows his brand. quite. He he does, but his brand is now so tragically out of date that it's mm. you know it's the book is is from an era of of uh, fantasy football and mm. and they think it's all over and you know the the, the sort of whole nineties lad thing and that book very much reflects that and of course luckily yeah I was part of that culture myself and I'm I'm delighted that it no longer exists but Neil hasn't quite moved on and it's a shame because as I say he he. I've had some of the most interesting analysis of defending and f- from from Neil Ruddock. And yet, if if he was approached by a serious broadcaster to say those things, he would just go, No, game's gone. Four, too many foreigners.
3: Right. It like, he would panic. Or he'd be like, Where's my it's 500, 500 quid for the shirt. Yeah. It's 500 quid. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I'll take the shirt off <laughs> yeah, for of 500 yeah, yeah. quid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, Rio first so, so and sit next
1: to him just go, No, please do
2: yeah. not no. <laughs> 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 So, that's one of the reasons I was so interested to read the book. And it's. Um, uh, it's very interesting I, I I just wonder if any books written that year were allowed to have because he seems to have used up the entire year's supply of exclamation marks <laughs> yeah. in, in that book as well it's very even by the second third of the second part of the book he's running out of exclamation marks there are, I don't think there's any colons it's, it's all exclamation marks there either. are a lot and, and then she made me a cup of tea exclamation marks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who'd have thought it, <laughs> who'd have thought it? it literally yeah. And then I <laughs> punched her yeah. in the face. No exclamation mark for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Presumably that's more <laughs> very serious than moment, than yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I really, I did enjoy it. Yeah, but it's like, I'm sure you've, you haven't asked me a question yet, have you? No, no, no. I, I, this, I'm, this, just, is, I'm sorry. This is great. This, it's my, my wife does, uh, normally my wife sends me out into the office with the words, please, yeah, I know you like the sound of your own voice, but can you try and answer the question that you're asked <laughs> rather than launching <laughs> is, to? is she
1: like your manager before going on a podcast? A little Is bit. It, yeah. <laughs> sort of the towel, give me a team talk outside. Just, just rubbing the shoulders down, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> give me a
2: bucket to spit in. And, you know, and, but it's, it's no, it, like so many books, and as I say, I'm sure you've mentioned this, the book could be 100 pages shorter. But most most incidents are mentioned three times from different angles. It, it's like he, he even very early on in the book, he, he says, Yeah, my brothers didn't want me to make the same mistakes they did. And my dad didn't want me to make the same mistakes my brothers did. And later on, my mum didn't want me to make the same mistakes my brothers did. My brothers knew that my mum and dad didn't want me to make the same mistakes. And my brothers were like, yeah, we've ascertained that your brothers were quite decent footballers and you didn't want to make the mistake. It's like, and I've never known a book as well. The first chapter... He, he talks about every. It, he literally yes. sets sets up yeah. the rest is, of the chapter. Is what I want it, to it's, say. It's,
3: it's you, it has the structure of an uh, of a of like a university essay. Yes, ab- yeah, like, it,
1: it absolutely yeah. does. Uh, and you don't need to read the rest of the book because it's every highlight I, from I, every from the club. From every every, every a highlight of every story.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I'm not proud to so say I was required to leave university before I actually finished my first essay. So I'm not entirely sure whether but <laughs> whether, whether you're correcting that. But it, it could have finished after the first chapter. You you kind of. Yep. He, he just because yeah. uh, I I didn't expect to hear those stories again. I thought well, he's just getting out some of the lesser stories. Yeah, and yet they all come back in in, in greater detail, and it's <laughs> it's a really interesting structure. But again, as I'm sure you've discussed, how much of it. It is Neil's words and how much of it is the mm, you know well. whether he sat down did he sit down yeah. for 10 days with the guy who wrote it We, we or were, literally half an hour uh, But
1: the age old debate the age old debate with that I mean Jack actually interestingly wrote his dissertation on Neil Ruddock because that's why he knew it was quite yes, a lot like yeah. a, a university
2: <laughs> university I essay mean, I nearly I nearly <laughs> fell for that well um, um, I, uh, you'd be amazed, imagine, and
3: also imagine the restraint I would be showing if I was like, I know so much about Neil Ruddock, <laughs> and I've read this book so many times.
2: You, you'd be amazed for uh, for a, a, a hard bitten middle aged left wing comedian. You'd be ha- amazed how naive I am. How easily <laughs> I fall for. Um, I am that bloke in the pub who goes, really? If somebody comes, it's like an old chap came up to me before a Palace game recently and, and said that he played for Palace. In in the '30s and '40s in Division Three South, and I was ten minutes into this conversation before he went. Nah, of course I didn't. <laughs> oh god, well, okay,
3: well, I'm younger than you. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. Okay. laughs>
2: yeah. uh, now we we'll,
1: we'll make sure we don't
2: take advantage of
1: you during the conversation. I promise, Kevin. Um, but th- that's what you think of the book. Uh, but should we get some Amazon reviews to see what other people think of it? Just to, you know, to, before we check in with Jack as well on that. Uh, The book has four stars out of five on Amazon from 33 reviews, including this five star one from anonymous Amazon customer hiding behind an alias. Uh, love him or loathe him, there can be no denying that Neil Razor Ruddock has not been one of the most interesting footballers of the last 10 years. And I looked into that, that's a mistake. He doesn't mean to write not, uh, but it yes. <laughs> started off in a bad way. Ought- there can
3: yeah. be no denying that there certainly isn't to be said,
4: but yeah. there must be a way to <laughs> <laughs> His
1: always gives 101%, and as we know, sometimes this gets him in a little bit of bother. In his book, you can clearly see where he gets his short temper from, but you will also learn about his love for his family, his sense of humor, and overall, his love for the game of football. This this book is worth every penny and f- uh, full disclosure I think this book cost me uh, if you're wondering Kevin I think it cost me 356 pennies £3.56 I think was well, the price of the book.
2: Do you know what I was interested to see it was published in 1999 yep. and it cost £16.99 then. No
3: way did it? It, yeah. it did yeah. It's on the inside. Oddly yeah. you know,
2: 16 pounds 16, I love books and you know yeah. I, I, I have too many so I, I periodically have to clear some out but I'm. I'm a night. I have to get. If, if I'm out with my family, they will. They will edge me past bookshops because I will inevitably <laughs> right. come out with a, another book about Anne Boleyn that I don't need. Or Neil Ruddock's but, got another book out. Or, or Neil Ruddock, one, okay, yeah. sixteen pound <laughs> ninety nine was quite a lot of money. And it's in, that review's mm. interesting because uh, I, I've been told to always be suspicious of anonymous reviewers, of course. But it, he doesn't talk about his. He barely mentions. He mentions his brothers very early yeah. on, mm. but then. That his marriage comes out of the blue.
4: Yeah. Uh, she yes. barely
2: gets mentioned she gets mentioned twice again I think. He doesn't mention having children. Uh it he, he, he gets married. He says oh it's a good actually that's quite a good year because we came fifth in the old division 1 got to the semi 5th oh and I got married. Uh, yeah and, he and- was like, oh okay. No, yeah, had yeah, no good, sense yeah. of where At one stage later on he mentions that she's from the east end. Yeah. Uh, it's the only time he mentions the East End without adding jelly deals and pies in, which he does <laughs> every other time he, he does, mentions he the does. East End. Yeah. And then the next time he, he mentions it, it's because he's had a perfectly pleasant conversation with Ian Wright. And he comes home and tells his wife this. Yeah, oh, and yeah. I've, had a good, I've had a nice chat with Wrighty, and she says, not Ian Wright. And I go, yeah, and that's it. And that's the wife dealt with. <laughs> and, and she says, you
3: haven't spoken to me for 15 <laughs> years. <laughs> Who is, are just, you?
2: The, the, the two, uh, we only know you have kids... Because there's a photograph in the book of him with kids. There, oh, are, some, the photograph. there are some of the most random... Fo- He's oh. not in two-thirds of the photograph.
1: I, I tell you, there's a photo which is uh, of uh, Bruce Grobelard, not even on the pitch, just going to court. which is In, <laughs> in,
3: in a hat? Yeah, in a hat. And, and, it, he doesn't, and he doesn't say what the court case yeah. is. Oh, oh, well, I assume well, yeah, We assume so. it's, yeah. But, but he doesn't talk about that. Yeah, it, yeah. no, it's not, not in the book once, yeah. There's a terrible
2: photograph of Glenn Hoddle, who's barely in shot, which is his Glenn Hoddle, who I mention... It in would, the book,
1: it would kind of make sense <laughs> if these photos were taken by Neil Ruddock, and it was like his, like you know,
2: I, 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 scrapbook. Absolutely, but also the but other thing not. about his family he he mentions at the age of sixteen he has a difficult career choice to make because my dad had gone to to work in Saudi Arabia to and with, and he'd go, you think hang on this is nineteen eighty six can we at least have some context as to why your dad was going to Saudi Arabia because it yes. sounds like it might be might be interesting and and again when he talks about getting thrown out of Southampton. He's taught, well on one page. He talks about Chris Nicholl, the manager, telling me this. Yeah. The next page, it's Branfoot, the manager. Yeah. Not even the, the full name of Branfoot, and no explanation as to why Chris Nicholl was no longer the manager and Branfoot. Is, and he makes Branfoot sound like a Jane Austen character, like an elderly retainer. <laughs> and it's like, Branfoot came in yeah. and said my services were no longer required. Yeah. And it's like, hang on, you just Branfoot of the butler. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's like, I, well, I know who, who Branfoot is because I'm old enough to remember he was the man. Who, but you haven't told the... the and it, it's kind of it because you have to keep reminding yourself when you read it that this was 1999. It was mm. a faraway topical Christmas book, I assume. But his lack of detail on mm. some things is incredible and it's too much detail on other things is amazing like I, i'm going to read the list of nicknames of the players oh. from his pub team which oh. is the one Not- of the bits I'm, i insist on reading out kevin please
3: now
1: now is the time now is the time to read
3: this <laughs> i i adore this section so
2: well, much do you know what the reason i i love a nickname I'm, I've, i i know a phrase nicknames lord nelson because he couldn't get into the navy when he was 18 right okay so he's been lord nelson ever since so oh, the poor man's reminded nelson. that his career ambition was another thing okay uh, there's a chap called fireplace jack who sells fireplaces why not nice. uh, my one of my closest friends is called gaz because he doesn't look like gary shaw He's played at villa but but this li- this li- this is th- this list of nicknames it completely trumps him yeah we all used to play for the same pub team the fox and we certainly had some characters in the side, all nutters, but all great lads and decent footballers too. Every single one had a nickname, which is still known by today. And I can't let the opportunity pass without a full roll call. Yeah. Which, in other words, the publisher said we're yep. a couple of pages yeah, short. Yeah, exactly. If you could, so Just here's the full roll call. Yeah. Here's a full roll call of, of players, people in his pub. Uh, Jacko, brackets that was me. Uh, then there's Phantom, Albert Hall, Dobber, Double Dobber. <laughs> Dobber's Big Brother, Bambi, Padge, Poker, Strutter, Legger, Remington, Roger Miller, Mad Muttley, Mental Mio, Doris Day, Ham Street Village Hall, how that one came about, I don't know, Spanner, Spud, Kid, Claude, Zubizaretta, Social, Lofty, Fagin, Striker, Woody, Willow, Homer, Oxy, Bosco, Clark Kent... These are crofts names as well? These are just their uh, yeah. kennel names. Uh, You'll vote, and by the way,
4: Sne- by the way you're only about halfway, yeah, you yeah. halfway through. Yeah, you're not halfway through this. this, is, this
2: is. Look, I, I'm gonna finish. Uh, Snellers, Hodge, Spartacus, Ivan Lendl, Sherbar, <laughs> Judgment Day, Tonto, Bullfrog, Wanker Williams, Shed, Dickie, Rossi, Bushy, Coned, <laughs> Coned Matthew, Big bro, Butch, Scotty Brooks, Yogi, Charlie the Limp, Tomo, Burt, <laughs> Bullseye. Satellite's German boyfriend.
4: That's which, what is that uh, one? Nick- <laughs> nicknames
2: are supposed to be shorter than the actual name. <laughs> uh, satellite I head, satellite's German boyfriend. <laughs> Chalky White Tradesman's Deno Chili Signal Box. The real Padgy, Fierce Lozier, <laughs> Chief Bunga, Silky, Meat and Two Veg, Turkey Tell. And then there was <sighs> Colin Wilson. Uh, not forgetting Ha 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 Do it, Excuse Me, I didn't realise you played for Ashford Town, Storm the Bastille. And apologies to those that I've missed. Anything think, A, how big is this bloody pub? I, like, I agree. <laughs> and also, B, what worries me that these people are now in their 60s <laughs> yeah. and they're... Uh, I just really hope they're not named known by the same yeah. same nickname because they're all yeah. nutters. Uh, they're all, <laughs> here comes here comes Padge, Here uh, comes a German boyfriend. Honest, ah, there's honest.
3: Ham Street Village Hall. <laughs> Do you <laughs> Ham Street Village Hall <laughs> take Bambi to be your lawfully wedded husband? Absolutely. <laughs> it's just
2: bewildering way of it, and then the fact that he's apologised, the fact that I just feel sorry for someone called yeah Nutter Nige is getting yeah. the book and going, I'm not in it.
3: Just he not going yeah. through them like yeah, 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 yeah. Dinner, dinner, a chili, Signal Box, the it's real Padgy <laughs> Where, <Yeah>. where's <laughs> Nutter Nige? That's, not there?
2: It's, uh, it's uh, it reminds me. And one of the reasons it makes me laugh as well is a, a friend of mine uh, was you spend a lot of time on a Palace message board. Like every club, we've got loads of yeah. different messages what And they decided that they would have a, a meeting that they could put names to faces, and, and they booked a pub in London Bridge. Uh, which he went along to. And he said there's about 70 or 80 of us. But the problem is, of course, that they all had to have their username and a little badge so they could recognise each other. And he said, the problem is that my friend's username was Penge Penis. <laughs> so he was getting off the tube, putting this badge saying Penge Penis. And then he said and he turned up... And Shagger turned out to be this 87-year-old bloke. Hyman Buster was about 14. Oh, no. uh, Eric oh, Bloodaxe no. Bloodax was a girl. And it's just this, all these bizarre people... With wow. these bizarre names, that sort of and it's like if I wonder if Neil, how many would, then would Neil recognise? That? I think yeah, or would they I, have, I to think, have the little name tag on. I think
1: Pench Penis played a uh, centre back for the Fox. I am pretty <laughs> sure. <they are. laughs> I'm pretty sure he was there. And Pench there was Penis to Doris Day back to Mental Mio.
3: <laughs> Jack, what did you think of the book? Do you enjoy it? I actually really did enjoy it. Okay. I, I mean, I, I think Kevin's right. He loves a tangent. Yeah, there are yeah. so many good tangents in this book. Mm. There's, there's a bit where he's talking about how there was a. Um, how his old headmaster or, or teacher like used to help him out. And he said, uh, interestingly enough, he became our milkman. Not relevant. <laughs> <Yeah.
4: laughs>
3: why did you, you tell me that? Yeah. His,
2: no, his, his old headmaster's in there because his old headmaster said he would never amount to anything while he still had a hole in his ass. Oh, yes. yes.
3: Which which,
2: makes, is which? Yeah. It was his sports master that became his. I mean, you, That's like his kind of in- poetic justice. Yes. Yeah. But I, I did enjoy it, I have to say. I agree with Jack. I did find it entertaining, but I, I just found it... You just... You keep going, and? Because it, it's... Mm. Li- like, a lot of it's like, and then this happened, and then... And? There was and a lot a, of it is self-justification as well. A lot of it is like, that, re- that one wasn't my fault. There's, there is uh, a lot of that. And yeah. there's I,
1: one, one thing I... Sorry, I was going to say, Jack. One thing I found on that note, one thing I found frustrating was... There's a bit when he goes off... Uh, he talks about, oh, I've been off the rails at Liverpool. And he never specifies what the things that and happened exactly, during that period. That, I was like, <clears throat> this could have been a great, but you never quite go there's into a, it. There's a
3: lot of bits where he's like, the scandal. There's scandal, or like I was <laughs> yeah. going through some personal troubles here, and you're like, well, you don't go into them. Yeah. So it's sort of a bit, it's hard to work out, as you say, like there is a lot of self-justification and questions as to what but, actually so happened that, that's, in his career. That,
2: that's really interesting. That's one of the notes I made, because he says, and I think the chapter title is something about the scandal. I mean, the chapter titles are terrible. Alan Sugar turned it sour. It's not, yeah. yeah. But that—that's a really interesting point because he does make a promise. He does says that's when it all went pear shaped. I uh, had an almost Gaza-like meltdown, um, which again is again really interesting. Mm. That generation of footballers adore Gaza when yep. the reality is that he did some nasty things as well as the funny things. But they all adore Gaza, and you think, well, if he's if he's comparing his meltdown to Gaza, this is going to be really interesting. And it's mm. like, I knew that he had dark moments, but then. The worst thing he describes is sitting on his own in a pub, having yeah. a couple of pints because he'd been dropped, yeah, from a game. And it's, yeah, what's really interesting, he comes back to several themes, but they're all themes again, which indicates that he hasn't moved on. It's, it's like, um, foreigners don't mix, right? there's a worst crime. We'll talk about it, the incident with Patrick Vieira as well, I think, because that's the worst thing that could ever happen that a footballer could do. Football footballers are still obsessed now. You, I, I guarantee you watching the Atletico Man City game. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like Rio, Rio Ferdinand. You know, they're talking about the headbutts and the tackles. They didn't get anywhere near as angry as they did when... It's, and then he pulled his hair. He pulled Jack Grealish's hair. It's oh, like yeah, that's, that's true. That's the sort of thing that infuriates them. And he, he mentions several times players that don't mix. Stan Collymore, he dismisses because he wouldn't mm. come to the pub. Nigel Clough was handy because he could answer crossword questions. Mm. But he wouldn't come to the pub. So he wasn't unhappy when he left. He talks about Paul Merson's so-called drink problems. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I think that, God, those, that was- those, those
1: bits have changed quite badly, but I think he probably he, he, wouldn't he, write it in quite the same way nowadays. Uh, so you know, I'm sure hope. he wouldn't. But yeah.
2: he, he, he constantly refers to the fact that we're elite athletes. We can uh, we can run these things off. Yeah. We metabolise things differently to you. But the, this, the whole thing, the not mixing thing, is it, incredible. And he, he talks about the, the, the John hartson Ile Burkovich incident where yeah. – he, he admits almost grudgingly that John Hartson probably shouldn't have kicked him in the head. <laughs> but then actually <laughs> says, I'm not convinced he was kicking him in the head. I think he was That's... aiming for the shoulder and it deflected. But then he, he dismisses that. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Then there's a whole page of him having to go at Isle Berkovich for not being happy being kicked in the head he it accuses him of being a grass at one
3: stage this is the second book in a row we've
1: the, read that's, that's yeah. happened weirdly that uh, Frank, Lampard's, really? Frank Lampard talked about the same thing when he was at West Ham and it's, they, they,
4: Yeah.
3: they
1: and because, I think, um, Berkovic uh, had a go at Rednap, didn't he, in the press, I think. or something. Yeah, and, and didn't was like West Ham in general.
2: Yeah, he said then, they're a pub team. But again, Ruddock says it's typical of the sort of foreign mentality that they have to run away to their own country before they're brave enough yeah. to say these things. How can you go? You know, that's, that's simply not a... But he talks about team spirit so many times. It's the greatest crime for him. It's like... Mm. And, and even now, Ian Wright will talk about when Wenger first came in. Yeah. And it's still, still furious that they weren't allowed ketchup. Yep, that's. It's like this madman. Yeah. I, we'll mad like, I don't think we'll ever get over a, that ev- as a country. Almost, yeah, I think that's that something. A, almost that,
3: every single one of these books an, a, of an English player yeah. will be like, "Do you hear they banned ketchup I mean, at Arsenal?" Even,
1: <laughs> even when Conte came in, they were doing the same thing. I remember when Ramos came <laughs> in at Spurs, they did the same thing. It was like, "Oh, Tom Huddleston can't have ketchup anymore." <laughs> and it was always Huddleston <laughs>
2: they picked on, sadly. <laughs> he, he talks, there's a quote I have marked it, but I've lost my stupid paper where I can't remember which particular foreign player it is. It might be is who, who goes away? Oh,
1: yeah, the Chilean, and then yeah.
2: uh, and then, and then comes back. And yes, uh, and then is suddenly so into English culture that he has a bulldog tattooed <laughs> on his <laughs> on his arm. But again, but he yeah. says he, he moans about foreign players putting gravy on the jelly deals and mash. It's like they come over here, they don't respect our cultural background, <laughs> they put gravy, gravy on, <laughs> on the jelly deals and mash. It's because it, it jelly deals and mash are disgusting. It's but he's it's, it's astonished. It's, you can almost hear that's the time when you think that he was definitely involved in writing this book because he still has that element of astonishment that people wouldn't want to drink several pints before a game. Yeah, because I, I can I read you one particular quote, which I like it talks about when he's at Southampton. A team inspired by the brilliance of Matt Letizia. But then he says, must have been something to do with his pre-match meal, which used to consist of a double whopper with large fries from Burger King, yep. all washed down with a couple of pints of Coke. In fact, I can remember on the day of our biggest game of the season at home to Liverpool, there was me, Latiss, Barry Horn and Mickey Adams all filling our faces at the local McDonald's just a couple of hours before kick-off. Most players' pre-match meal consisted of chicken fish and pasta that's you foreigners by the way yeah <laughs> but ours was a burger and fries exclamation mark and then this is the bit where you understand the football humour we were all in hysterics when Barry piped up with do you think John Barnes and Ian Rush will be tucking into McDonald's?" A- and and that's, yeah, it. that's that's the awesome. silence that you would expect <laughs> from that rhetorical question roddick yeah, yeah. saying oh, we're just in hysterics when he said do you think Ian yeah. Rush is having a burger yeah. Now, and then it's like, and he doesn't mention what the result of the game was. So I'm assuming <laughs> that a pasta field Ian Rush yeah. <laughs> may have scored many more Bad, goals than a, yeah. a burger field Matt Letizia. But again, it's that actually, it's that absolute, absolute complete and utter bemusement I think at the that, way football is going.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think, Letizia, that's been a long term thing, perhaps, all those Big Macs. I think if anyone looks at the thing, kind of things <laughs> he's saying on Twitter these days, I think uh, Big Macs are yes. fine for a little bit, but maybe they play with yeah, your yeah. head after about 20 years or so. <laughs> yeah,
2: clearly, yeah. clearly, some of them weren't quite as cooked as well as they should have been <laughs> uh, <laughs> well. but again you imagine because i as again i can't stress enough that neil is an intelligent man yeah i i i again i imagine neil would be quite happy to talk about bizarre <clears throat> conspiracy theories and to take them down mm. unless he was asked to do so seriously in which he would go what do you think of the conspiracy theories well never mind that he used to have two big Macs before a game because <laughs> that's what he's locked himself that's what he's locked himself into un- but, unfortunately but, but, uh,
3: see, it's interesting because I feel like reading this book you can see those elements of that I was surprised by quite a lot of how he was trying to get away from his uh, like his hard man reputation yeah. a lot of the time like it felt like a, in a few bits of this book he didn't like go into it as much as he thought he would and he's try- I, I- he always <clears throat>
1: seems like he's trying to get away from it a little bit he, he says that a lot how he's warned over and over again he goes and I try and restrain it try and keep it back a little bit and then push it back because i thought it'd probably be more of these well, kind of uh, you know the, the banter between the lads and stuff to, and to be fair we, like we've
3: that. read a lot of these books uh, yeah where, no, this like, is fairly tame compared it, to some of them
2: uh, well that's interesting to know because um i think he was probably between a rock and a hard place at mm. the time because he was still playing which was interesting because yes. normally you would expect this book to be written when he'd finished playing when he wasn't worried so clearly the publishers probably wanted the full gory details but his agent would have been saying, "Look, you're still playing. You can't, you can't be saying that you went out to hurt somebody
4: mm-hmm. or that
2: mm-hmm. you, you hated somebody, and, and you, you." You're not Roy Keane, but but at the, <laughs> at the same time, that's what people are buying the book for. Yeah. See, that's the, at the same time, they, and they get they get a lot of what they expect. But as you say, I was expecting far more detail of feuds that he had with players, yeah. of fights that Run-ins. he had. Or, yeah, yeah, and it's been- and there's an interesting bit because we're right at the very start. When he talks about being involved uh, in the infamous night at Luton with the mill, when the mill fans went on the rampage mm-hmm. which oh, was yeah, which was the night was which was yeah which was the night when the 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 Thatcher government finally fully turned against uh, English football fans and uh-huh. English football at the time was horrible it was despicable and, and i'm as nostalgic as any football fan is, but there are certain elements of it that I really really don 't miss, and that's one of them but he Almost excuse. He talks about the exhilaration that Millwall fans had of having that reputation, and he talks about them being provoked into mm. behaving like that. And he talks about mm. them afterwards not being at all sorry. And you kind of think, well, he's he's not sorry either. He's 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 sorry that his manager saw him on TV on the pitch with the other fans. So at that stage, I thought, actually, this is going to be proper gloves off. Yeah. But the the gloves go firmly back on. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, there we go. It, the <laughs>
4: <laughs> even
2: you get <laughs> exactly but even when he talks about the Peter Reed thing, when Peter Reed was so upset by an elbow in the face wait, wait from, Peter from, Reed from... pops up in this book Peter Reed watch I'm uh, not sorry uh, Peter Beardsley I beg your oh pardon. we always had an unintentional
1: uh, Peter Reed watch
2: not Peter Reed watch I'm sorry to I'm sorry to have excited you so much so no, when Peter Beardsley um an incident, I recall, when Peter Beardley tried to sue him for loss of earnings because he elbowed him in the face, not only does, does Neil dismiss that allegation, he's he claims that it made him a better-looking person. <laughs> so 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 those, there's a couple of things like that that are in the book because you think that's what his readers want, that's what, his, mm. what he wants, but clearly he's been told to rein himself in. And I, I, in the end, you kind of think, well, I would leave all that out yeah. together yeah. And, and, and just say, look, I'm not going to talk about this because... I'm much better than that. I'm a, I'm a really good footballer. I've had terrible injuries at, at times in my career. These are the managers I like. This is why I like them. These are the tactics I like. These. This is why. There's, there's a couple of hints at why Terry Venables is a good coach. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, we'll, we'll follow up on that then. I, yeah. I'd, I'd like the whole chapter to be, why is Terry Venables a yeah. good coach? Why not is not Harry just because he's one
1: of the lads, but more the tactics. Well, uh, uh,
2: uh, yeah, well, yeah. Absolutely. So you know, te- you know, Harry Redknapp was one of the... Hey, so why, is Harry, why does Harry Redknapp style yeah. work, and, and but why does Brandfoot's not? Yeah. That's the sort of thing as a football fan. Yeah, I definitely. He 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 does fall between two stools, and yeah, it's like I, I, I think it's amazing that he didn't because it wasn't that long before the end of his career. And it's like just wait, why not? Why not wait a yeah. while? Mm. This and, is and
3: this like, is midway through the ninety nine two thousand season. And, and, he's just like yeah, and oh, absolutely, do a book. And, and also he's.
2: <laughs> He clearly has got a, a little black book with a long list of, of names in it. And, and again, the Vieira one, which I'll read to you if you want, is the, it's, in, it's incredible. There's this in, incident where Patrick Vieira is now the manager of my, of my football club, Crystal Palace, doing yep. a very good job. Yep. One of the most iconic players of the time that this book was out, and it's quite early in Vieira's and And after a, a bust-up, Vieira spits at him, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. But footballers, as a, there are two things that footballers hate more than anything else – that's when another player won't shake your hand afterwards because whatever's gone on, you have to, and it's always man up. If you man up, you shake somebody's hand, that's the end of it. They hate that and they hate spitting. And he talks about Vieira spitting out, and he says, and I quote, it's the most disgusting and degrading thing a footballer can do. And then this is in a book wherein Neil Ruddock has told us, amongst other things, that he's broken Andy Cole's legs, both of them, <laughs> headbutted two people, punched Robbie Fowler on an airplane because Robbie Fowler mistakenly thought he pissed in his shoes. Right, when we're talking about disgusting and degrading things, <laughs> is sued by Peter Beardsley and nearly severed Alan Shearer's toes oh, yeah, wow. in what he oh, called yeah. a hotel prank that went a bit wrong. <laughs> and so of that list, being spat at is worse than all those things in that list. And that, yep. But that really sums up the mentality of footballers. And, and Razor will tell you that now because we, we, this pod we did was like the A to Z of football. Yeah. We got up to G, I think, before Razor decided he wasn't being paid enough by this production company and got <laughs> and got bored, basically. <laughs> But like it was really interesting because we talked about different aspects. I get double like,
4: this
3: for taking off my
2: shirt. <laughs> yeah. no, it's it's extremely sensitive, Yeah, but again, it's still those are still the things that upset him: players not shaking hands, players <laughs> flicking each other, or, or spitting. And it's there's this there's this masculinity in mm. him that for him hasn't helped him. This, this masculinity has, has helped him as a footballer, but mm. clearly in the rest of his life, sadly, it hasn't paid off for him. With you know that documentary that. ITV did when Harry Redknapp. It's always Harry Redknapp putting putting together a team to beat the German team from 1990. Oh, Harry's heroes, yeah. Harry's heroes, and there was a moment in in a, there was a big argument when Ruddock's drunk in a cafe, and Paul Merson is trying to help him and trying to stop him drinking. And it kicks off, and and you can see how visibly upset Paul Merson yeah, is.
1: Definitely.
2: And Paul Merson is a man who's who's grown up and matured, and confronted the problems he had with gambling and and alcohol, and. I think is, is the more interesting person because of it. Whereas Neil has refused to do that. Whereas Merce now is honest enough to say, these are the things that happened to me. I wasn't in control of them. I was in a toxic environment. Whereas Neil still yearns for that environment. He still longs for it. He still, he still aches for the, the those days that have gone and probably never were even at the time when you proved yourself with your fists and your elbows, but then you justified it by saying, I only did what I had to do but, and that's why, he, as you say, he falls between two stools in this book mm-hmm. because he clearly can't decide whether to be the, the, the full hard man or and tantalisingly occasionally gives you a glimpse of an intelligent man and then panics and and wheels and backwards into another story about somebody getting slapped after a prank went wrong, mm-hmm. it's like, which is the other thing that, that clearly English footballers at the time hated more than foreigners and being spat on was a prank that went wrong. It's yes. like if you didn't prepare yeah. your prank properly – and you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, yeah, we've... And it's like because that's the thing. That... Do,
3: do a do a funny prank like taking off all your clothes and, and driving about on a on a car. That's that? they have, what isn't it?
2: it. Well, we talked about John John Bonker being the funniest, the funny oh, yeah. even funnier than Gaza. And, and yeah. the two uh, illustrations of him being even funnier than Gaza are letting a fire extinguisher off on a fire eater in Covent Garden, which yeah. a is a bloke trying to make some money and on his and secondly, once walked onto the training ground. Naked, oh, yeah. Apart from his boots. In a on public, a winter's public day. training session. And, that's, yeah. and there was another, Don when he talks about Don Hutchinson, the shameful reaction when Don Hutchinson, they were in a pub one night and there were some young girls celebrating some exam results and they were filming it because they were excited and Don Hutchinson, all he did was take off all his <laughs> oh, clothes yeah, yeah. and cover his penis with a Budweiser. That's all he did. All, all, he, all did. he did. That's all, he, all did. he did. And for some reason <laughs> the press picked up on this and he yeah. got into trouble, and he's once girls, again
3: yeah. blown out of proportion. And, and,
2: and he, but he says, but again, he blatantly says it's all to do with these girls. They probably got <laughs> yes. some money out of it. That's so true. T- again, it's, the Irel Burgovich thing. It-, it wouldn't have happened except for some weasel who'd been invited onto the ground, training ground. He'd won the competition. This weasel, and he filmed it on his camcorder because otherwise it would have been dealt with in the proper manly way. They'd have had a tear up. The manager would have yeah. said, "Get it out of your system." Yeah, no one would have. No one would have yeah. said, "But just because." This bloke filmed it. Yeah. John Hartson gets into trouble for kicking a man in the head. What? What? And he didn't of, even
3: mean to kick him and in he the face. He kicked him in the, he, he he him just, in the shoulder. and In his raptis, that, Willie, in a
2: Budweiser wrapper. That, but, but, <laughs> but that's the brilliant thing off the back of the John Hartson. He said he didn't mean to, to kick him in the head. He, he was aiming for his shoulder and missed. But that's how his season was going. <laughs> he, he,
4: he, was, he was missing
2: chance after chance. It's like he's. Here's your opportunity, Neil, to say, look, sometimes players let their temper get the better of them. Sometimes in training things happen. Yep. And these these inexcusable things happen. But instead, it's like, yeah, he, he couldn't hit the target at all that season. couldn't even... That's it. He couldn't even, <laughs> not, Genuinely you couldn't even hit Aisle
4: That sentence
2: sums up the whole book, I think. I think, I think you it, hit the yeah. nail on the
1: head with that one, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, and he you know, even says, yeah, I know I. is a little fella, but you'd think he <laughs> would be able to... And it's, and, but then of course he prefaces it by, and he's absolutely right. John Hartson is a very, very nice chap, very yeah, nice chap. But sure. also again, he's an example of someone who, when you talk <laughs> to him, has moved on yeah. from those toxic masculine values. Who mm-hmm. mm-hmm. seems to have read other things and discussed things with people, and and now is a very thoughtful pundit and a very thoughtful commentator on football issues and mental health and his own battles with his own uh, physical. Head injuries and brain and brain operations, and yet Neil is one of those people that is still, still stuck. He's still. You can imagine Richard Keys and Andy Gray in Doha lamenting like Neil the way the game has gone and oh. how terrible it is. And it's and it's. You so, you have to imagine it's, it. you can li- you can listen to it every well, day on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's podcast. It's, it's a shame because because Neil Razor is so much more than that. Mm. Even and uh, uh, what what there are bits that I really like when. He talks about how he got his nickname Razor, but he also implies that he clearly isn't that fond of it because he mm-hmm. he says that my my oldest friends still call me Jacko, yeah. and and yeah. that shows a different side. That shows him that he's happier in the company of some. But they there there are only tantalising glimpses of 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 the mm. Neil Ruddock that I know, and I've seen because I've seen it. You will do a podcast with him. He 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 did this thing. He was talking about it the first time he played. Um, in a European game and he did the usual well, they're really hard to play against because they dive a lot and they're little and they, they only eat pasta before a game so they're cheeky you know, and, and all this stuff yeah they've got they've got skills but they're always they're always like trying to niggle you and kick your ankles they're not brave enough to kick you in, in, face to face man to man but then but yeah, But but then he, he gave this brilliant brilliant I asked him his question about whether um, it mattered if a, if a, a, a Left footed central defender should be the left should be on the left side, uh, and he did this whole brilliant explanation of why a left footed defender should play on that side, but it 's all to do with the physics of the foot that you you take off on and he then he talked about playing against continental players because they turn they get closer to you and they turn much more sharply than you used to in the premier League and It was a really interesting five minute analysis, but then he suddenly caught himself on you could you could see him yeah. go oh, Hang on, no, this is, I'm not. This is not Razor Ruddock. This is this is Jacko talking here. The the Ooh. audience don't want Jacko, they want they want Razor. So then and then so, so then he he went into and then of course you can't kick him because the referee's booked you for anything over there. And then they, st- you know, they you don't want the food in the dressing room and it's all you, and you just get disappointed. But then of course all the all the comments on on this pod we did, yeah. We're all about good old razor. Game's gone. It it needs more people Mm. like him. Yeah. And Mark and I are doing the pod with him. No, I I genuinely don't think. I don't think we do. It's not. It's. (laughs) it's, That's and that's why. That's why I find the book so genuinely frustrating. Because as I say, you just get glimpses then that he knew already that he was locked into this this persona.
1: Yeah. It's. I I think you. First of all, I'm very impressed by the amount of thought you've given this book. First of all, because we 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 get people on, give it a lot of thought, but they'll go like oh, it was very funny when the guy kicked someone or whatever. <laughs>
3: They'll pick up on one <laughs> topic. Right? Hey, a very, how dare this- you be- insult my analysis? <laughs> 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 yeah, you do, Jack.
1: But to go to that, I think we had um, Guillaume Balaguer come on uh, yeah. A few months ago, and he discussed. He, he he wrote this book about you know getting into Maradona's psyche and everything. I think you need to write this book for Neil Ruddock. I think you need to do the similar but, thing but, to tell the true story know, of Neil Ruddock and uh, the, the things that he's not writing about and why and why it, that's it,
2: important. Every time Razor gets mentioned, I I do kind of want people to know that he is a much more interesting, complex character than he lets on, and I, I sometimes worry that he doesn't want people to know that because like, I think he he would have just got so much more work, for example if he'd been as publicly articulate as he can be in private. But he, he doesn't seem to want to do that. He's locked in, as I say, he's locked into this image. But this I, is finally your it's...
1: chance. Who would have thought you would have come on a podcast to read a 1999 book by Neil yeah, Ruddock? And this second. is your chance to finally spread the yeah, word was, about Neil Ruddock.
2: Do you know what? I'm now it's worried. Really that I, I'm worried that I've overanalyzed it now, and I should have just come up with a couple of quips.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the end of the book.
2: <laughs> uh, so <laughs> so, so I'm, right, I'm worried that you're losing listeners every, as every minute goes by when I'm being serious about uh, this book. Hang on hey, a second. We could do with losing a
1: few of them, to be honest. So we we have a message. Thing. It's, all good. It's, just, it's please please don't
3: stop listening
1: <laughs> um we're gonna go on a quick break but before i do that uh has anyone got an out of context razor for us this week
3: his opening gambit when he walked into the dressing room to meet the lads for the first time was to point an accusing finger at me and righty and say hey you two you take it a piss or what
1: <laughs> yes the actual, like, actual <laughs> writing of Italian out there is is, is, is fantastic. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah, that is you. You take a deep hiss. yeah.
1: <laughs> Kevin, as our guest.
3: Uh, I, I, yes,
2: I gave you my uh, context oh, with it. the um, uh, hamburger reference. Ah, uh, so, yeah, fair. Yeah, sorry, fair. I, I jumped <laughs> the gun. But I'm sure if I were to briefly <laughs> flick through. But there's a bit where, out of the blue, he says um, he was injured and he went off to Tenerife. And the chairman of Liverpool were there. Lo and behold, the chairman of Liverpool was there. Then I said, hello, Mr. Moores. And he said... We're on holiday now, Razor, You don't have to call me Mister. You can call me David or Moisey. Morsy, David or Morsy. And and Roddick's response to that is, oh, "What a gentleman! What a gentleman! Can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine Alan Sugar saying, call me Alan or Shuggy'?
4: Shuggy, uh, Shuggy. Shuggy <laughs> is like, a very fun.
2: But... <laughs> and it, it's like the fact that you can call, you can call me Morsy, which is like." And you think that's all the, those nicknames in the first bit of the book. Yeah, Morsey, surely. Surely yeah. Ruddick's reaction would have been that's the that, worst nickname. I wouldn't have made a heard. first
1: draft. Wouldn't have made in a first life, draft
2: I, I, I don't want to call, <laughs> call you satellite's German boyfriend. Yeah, I'm gonna call you mental Morsey. That's, that's where you are from now on. You're Mad Morsey, that's what you are. Yeah. You just had a second pint at twelve o'clock in the eyes. Anyway, so then Mad Morsey comes up to me and says, I was sacked from Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I, jo- I think The Apprentice would be a lot better if it was, hello, I'm Shuggy, well, and you're fired. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, talk about The Apprentice. We are going to come back to that later. So let's go on a quick break, and afterwards we will meet Alan Sugar, and we'll be chatting about more footballers' pranks. Hi. We're Football Book Club Podcast, and we need your support. Now, let's let's drop the appeal music. Hi, everyone. James here, and I just want to tell you about the brand new Football Book Club Club, which you can join to receive bonus weekly episodes, access to exclusive member events, and your very own Football Book Club book, book, bookmark, all for the same price as a used copy of Darren Huckabee's 2007 book, Hucks. So if you enjoy the podcast and need to hear more afterwards, head to patreon.com forward slash football book club. Enjoy the episode.
4: Hello,
2: I'm Kevin Day and twice a week, Liverpool University accountancy boffin and the self-confessed most boring man in Britain, Kieran Maguire, and I discuss the money behind the beautiful
3: game on the Price of Football podcast. We cover all levels of the game and clubs and leagues all over the world. So you can know the difference between your amortization and
2: depreciation and your FFP and your EPPP, whichever team you follow. I'm just. Counting the peas, Yes, a rare peas. It. It's not just about accountancy though, thank God. You'll also regularly hear about Sordid Nights out in Russia and Blackpool and get to enjoy frequent contributions from Kieran's dog Finley as well as our Bro Flake Romance. Every Thursday we look at the latest football finance stories, and every Monday
3: we answer your questions about anything related to the money side of the game. All you have to do is email us at questions at Just search for the Price of Football in your podcast
2: app and Give us a follow now to get every new episode as soon as it comes out.
1: Welcome back to Football Book Club, where we are still reading Neil Ruddock's Hellraiser with Kevin Day. Hello again, Kevin. Boom. Hello. Uh, I want to. I want to bring up my topic for this week, uh, which is, of course, as a Spurs fan, I was. I was pretty interested uh, reading those bits. Um, I didn't realize he played for Spurs twice. Actually, I was. A, I'm a little yeah, bit younger. I, think... I, I didn't. I didn't know when. And then Boom. came back.
2: To be honest, James, I'm a little bit older, and I'd forgotten that he did played. you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd wow. forgotten that he played twice or didn't play the first time. he... No, yeah, barely. Yeah, he, he played a
1: couple of a few, few yeah. games. At the end of one season apparently, and then he went off to Millwall from there.
2: But which, the it, thing- which again wasn't his fault. Like so many things, yeah. wasn't my fault, Governor.
1: Yeah. It happens very it happens it was, very
2: quickly. though. Was very. Yeah. But
1: but the most interesting thing I found from that segment, uh, and so Kevin usually on the podcast, uh, we have uh, our friend Tash is on the show, and she'll often try and draw uh, some pop culture comparisons. And I realized going mm. into this. That this is in, incredibly tash of me to do this, but um, I think the highlight of the book is finding out that the Alan Alan Sugar Neil Ruddock is the original Taylor Swift Kanye West feud, because and oh and, and, and I can justify this. I can justify this. It all, it's all about when Alan Sugar sacked Terry Venables. Uh, Neil Ruddock wasn't happy about it. He has some kind of like one man protest.
3: About They have up, a photo yeah. of that and it looks yeah. incredibly embarrassing. It does. It does.
1: <laughs> and actually, there's <laughs> one other child, he does mention his wife there as well, because apparently she went around his house in Chigwell with like a placard and, yeah. and did that. Um, But then, Sugar's not happy, New Rudder puts in a transfer request. Then he's on holiday and apparently Alan Sugar phones him and they kind of make up, they kiss and make up, and he thinks he's going to sign a new contract when he gets back. Then he flies home to sign this new contract. And Alan says he's agreed nothing and reveals he's been taping all of his conversations with Neil Ruddock all along.
2: And that, <laughs>
3: that is really weird. That is it is super well, weird.
2: Do you know? Do you know what's really weird about it as well? Is because uh, it's a really interesting story because he loves Venables so much that he's outraged that Venables is is sacked because Venables and Sugar hate each other. Cause yes. He, he talks about how Tottenham are on the verge of becoming a really good team and coming out of Arsenal's shadow. And again, that's quite interesting because um, it's worth remembering that that Tottenham then weren't the Wannabe superpower they are now. He talks about that, and then um, he does his thing, and he's as you say he reveals that Alan Sugar says, "I've been taping our conversations," and the story fizzles out completely. Yeah. and you think immediately, well, that's because Alan Sugar's version is clearly backed up by the tapes Yeah, uh, that you I was
1: thinking, that I was thinking exactly with, with, the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: quite that, clearly, your yeah. version of events is erroneous. because yeah. so like, yeah, famously,
3: Watergate didn't end <laughs> in yeah, like a yeah, similar yeah. way. <laughs>
2: Well, that's one part of the book. You think I'm not sure I would have included that, really, because it it really does fizzle out. Because you cause it, one, you read it and you kind of think, I didn't, I didn't, rem- I must have known it at the time as I was grown up when it was happening, but it had sort of passed me by. And I was thinking, thinking, this is really quite interesting. The, the start of the modern era of football. and here's, mm. here's this player with a shonky cardboard, the sort that you see in the crowd now with a seven year old is done asking it's for, asking for a shirt. Declan Rice's yeah, shirt, yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. And then the end of the story is, um, <laughs> turns out he had this tape and um, that was it. I was off. <laughs>
3: yeah, I, was, I, was going, <laughs> I lost. I was done for. Yeah, I, yeah.
4: Yeah,
2: yeah, but, was but again, I was sold. I was fine. But then again, it, it, it ends with, yeah, but I was sold to Liverpool. So fuck you, sugar. I win.
1: It's they, and sp- and, and, it, because
2: and everything, in fairness. But again, it's that thing with him. It's like he has to win every mm. everything. And when he doesn't, he just moves on. Yeah, Mm because when he can't report a triumphant outcome to this thing, he just off off he goes on this note after
1: this. I think there is the most possibly and, you know, no offense, Neil, but I think it's the most made up story I've heard in a book. And there's there's quite a lot of stories that are on on the verge of being made up. But there's one just after that where uh, Sugar's still getting annoyed at him. And he's at a game and he scores known goal, I think, for <laughs> Liverpool against Spurs. Oh, God. And oh, he's, apparently he heard somewhere that Alan Sugar was saying, oh, I knew he still wants to play for Spurs. And then he goes, actually, joke's on you, Alan, because he tried to sign me back no fewer than five times that uh, season. Times, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he goes... Uh, I think he tried to deny it but my story was absolutely true and I as I go through this I, I think you'll start to realise it probably isn't true I was even told on one occasion that Ozzy Ardiles the Spurs boss had been around to my house on his way back home from a game at Man City to see me and ask if I fancied <laughs> to move back to Whitehall Lane I wasn't at home at the time and Ozzy called at the wrong house in any case he went to a neighbour's house and they relayed the story to Liverpool chairman David Moores who <laughs> then just had he related to <laughs> but it definitely
3: happened it definitely happened <laughs> yeah, <coughs> yeah. That's, no, just, like, but I, I know <coughs> about I, I know, it because- yeah.
2: Because of this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's that's one of those bits in the book where you think because I I genuinely laughed at that and I thought I, I wonder if I'm meant to laugh at that because it's because no. again it's it's Razor having desperately to win so much yeah. that the 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 reason is he didn't go back to Tottenham was that Ozzy Diaz was so desperate to get him <laughs> that he hadn't checked his address. <laughs> Just went to anyone's house, it's, it's Neil even, there. Yeah. I need him. <laughs> even, even before <laughs> yeah. the computer days, it was fairly easy to phone the secretary of the club, I would guess, and say, have you got his address? Yeah. And then knocked, just knocked on a random... No. And, then, and then gave up. And then thought, oh, well, this yeah, is Yeah, like, I will never I'll find, find it. him. It's yeah, next door. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's fine. Just, it's, impossible. it's a very short <laughs> yeah. cul-de-sac with four houses. He's not in this <laughs> yeah. one. Fate. The stars, obviously, are not aligning. But the other thing as well, because he loves Venables so much, and again... Uh, my my relationship with Terry Venables as a Palace fan is an odd one because he was a legend and then he was he was part of the reason why we got into big financial trouble so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he's he's wor- in the same way that Neil Warnock is worshiped by 7 of the players at every club he 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 managed and despised by the other 15 it, Venables it has inspired loyalty beyond... Harry Redknapp, to an extent, does the same thing. But Venables, there are so many players of that generation who who really rate him. And again, it would have been really interesting to find out why more of that in the book. But he relates as a, an, an illustration of how quick-thinking and how funny Venables is. He tells a story of, of Venables going up to a manager and saying, now, just remind me of the rules. Um, if I called you a wanker, would I be in trouble? And the referee says, "Yes, you would." And he says, "Well, if I if I thought you were a wanker, would would I be in trouble?" And the referee went, "No." And he said, "I think you're a wanker." Uh, Good joke. And he said, and, "But I've, the things I've heard that I've, I've heard that story about Brian Clark. Yeah, 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 I've heard about every manager and every player, and it's and it's like yeah, he he tells three stories about how dim Liverpool players are. The famous one and the." Uh, Jason Mather, which, which I thought was Jason because it was Dominic Matto's And do you want your, your pizza sliced to put to eight or sixteen? Oh uh, yeah, uh, no, eight. I couldn't manage sixteen.
4: Mm. But
2: but the other ones are kind of like he and uh, Roy Evans was so such an idiot. He once said, uh, "We're going to have uh, two five-a-side games with seven players in each team." It's like. So clearly what he meant to say was we're gonna have two seven aside games and so that's not not necessarily <laughs> yeah. something you need to clutter up the book with yeah to be perfectly honest it's then, like, th- think th- of
3: all the nicknames you could have put in that <laughs> the book sure. well,
2: i think i think Roy, roy's nickname it transpires he mentions in passing is something like ernie which again he doesn't explain why he's called his name It's but it's um yes it's you, you just wonder at the time whether the guy who, who and you can hear what, what is interesting about this is i, I have read books that are ghost-written. And you mm-hmm. you can't hear the voice of the person yes. r- uh, h- mm. whose book it is. But with this, it's clearly, it's clearly Razor's voice. You can yeah. sense that. He's clearly spent some time with the guy. Presumably, you'd guess, in a pub in Essex somewhere. But he's clearly spent some time with the guy. But you do wonder whether the guy who writes the book occasionally says to him, no, Neil, I've, I've put that story in five other people's books. <laughs> That's in Peter Beasley's yeah. story. About apparently, Kevin Keegan said that to a manager, to a referee <laughs> as, as well. So it's like... Maybe he was too scared of Neil to, to not put possibly. it in. Yeah. Possibly,
1: possibly. Yeah. If only he'd been recording it like Alan Sugar likes to do. <laughs> <laughs> that massively. Also, shout out to end my section, the book uh, front cover. I'll describe what it is. It's him uh, in kind of like a neon blue and white, mm. uh, putting his fingers up his nose with a baseball cap on. Does it mind anyone else of those, um, you wouldn't steal a DVD? Kind of adverse. Yeah, okay. definitely, the
3: the, definitely the colour. <laughs> yeah, like that kind of
1: screenshot. <coughs> I'm going to share funny. a picture for that, and then the back is just. You
3: wouldn't break both of Andy Cole's legs in a reserve game. In the
2: same tackle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Jack, I know there was a character in the book that you um particularly enjoyed, who's who's popped up in a few of our books before.
3: Uh yeah, it's um the Southampton goalkeeper John Burridge. Oh, oh my God. Whoa. Uh, I, oh, we've had we've had a few run-ins, yeah, a few run-ins with Budgie. He turns up in Andy Gray's book. He turns up in Matt Lattisia's book. Um, but he in this, oh my god, I I feel like I fell in love with him properly for the first time here. <laughs> He's mad. He um he was Palace's goalkeeper.
2: In really, the, he, yeah, be everyone's he goalkeeper. goalkeeper he, yeah, he... in the uh, in the late seventies. In fact, the the big match opening titles used to have him as part of the montage. Oh, that's
4: interesting because
2: oh. what he used to bear in mind. This was the days. Before mobile phones, when on pitch entertainment was normally uh, the Palace Crystals, which were a group of scantly clad, barely legal girls in tight shorts doing it. And what John Barris used to do was a series of elaborate gymnastic moves as part of his warm up. He would do Yeah like, proper, and, and, at, and at one game, he climbed onto the crossbar and started doing vault pole like pole work like Nadia Comaneci on the crossbar <laughs> while while we lost our sh- we lost our shit of this was going on i'm sure but, but we but he was uh, he he was all, but he was a brilliant goalkeeper but that's one of the things in the book that I found really really interesting because i didn't know i knew the story about him uh, going as i've done several things at the club with him as when he's come back as a as a legend type thing so i knew the stories about him going to bed in his goalkeeping kit and he he always yeah, said that's... he he always said that, it, that he never dreamed of anything but football. He couldn't remember dreaming about anything else but football. So he he told a story about his wife like, in true Peter Sellers, Pink Panther style. Not now to, would would pop up out of the fridge and throw oranges at him to catch
3: for practicing his reflexes. That's, that's his reflexes. So, so funny so I knew
2: that story. But I didn't know that he did a a, a non-stop match commentary. Throughout the game, because Razor talks about it's one of the funniest things I've ever read, in, let alone in any football book. Where he says, um, "So Burridge would roll the ball out to John, and and Burridge would say Burridge rolls the ball out casually to Ruddock, <laughs> Roddick looks up, hits a short left-footed pass to whoever, and, and just night, all the way through. And apparently that was his way of concentrating. But you'd you like to think you think if you were playing with him, I, was, I wasn't very good at Sunday football, but." That must be the most distracting at some stage you're yeah. going to say to the keeper "Will you shut that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but that that image that he describes with john burris doing that is just hilarious and you kind of think because he in, he implies that there is lots more things he, he isn't telling us and i suspect a lot of them are more a more like that, and I'd be so much more interested in reading that sort of I, stuff.
1: I, I mean to get John, but I mean to get Budgie's book. I think that's the uh, next time. I, come I, on I genuinely do think
3: we need to get Budgie's book. But
1: Jack, Jack, what was it that really got? What was it that really interested you about him? And then,
3: well, first of all, I will say that I, when I play football, I also do commentate. <laughs> do you? Um, <laughs> you have played with me
1: before.
3: It's and, incredibly yeah, annoying. Yeah, I, I can vouch for it <laughs> He's got the ball. He takes over here.
1: Oh, <laughs> he's got round one. He's got round another. Um, but mind yeah, you and Kevin, he, Jack also used to um, do fake Soccer Saturday commentary when he was a child. Apparently, it used to go do. round the Why ground. Would you tell, why
3: would you tell other people this? <laughs> I think why?
1: You've told the podcast before. I think it's important I'm for me sure to know. Um, but-,
3: but yeah, so it's, it's actually very predictable that I would do that. Yeah. But um, the, I mean, the best the best story with Burrage in this book, surely, <laughs> is the one where he decides to... <laughs> he decides to, to, to practice push-ups oh my god he gets god! Ins- he gets himself a bar and yeah. says uh he just comes into the training room one day and says like here we go i've got a bar he hangs it up he starts nailing it into the wall with some nails uh this metal bar and then he goes okay now time to do some pull-ups everyone's watching and he grabs onto it and starts screaming and everyone's <laughs> like oh Classic Burrage, classic <laughs> Inspector Clouseau. Burrage. he's like, no, it's a real problem. He had, he had, he had nailed this bar into an electrical cable. Yeah, and the bar was now <laughs> properly electrified. And as soon as he jumped onto the bar, he electrocuted himself.
4: Yeah,
2: because it's, it's it's one of those. It's, you imagine it as a proper cartoon with the you can see the skeleton face, yes, and the yeah. hair, yeah. going up and like the, home alone. And The fact uh, that
3: everyone everyone around is like, Oh, look at Barry jumping back to
2: It's a brilliant story, but again, as James says, it's one of those stories you think I can't be, but it's a brilliant something. I don't know what's
3: interesting Given, though, with, I with this even, budget even,
1: guy, uh, it, be, but even yeah. in those
2: because every my son, uh, Ed Knight, who's a comedian and palace fan as well, <laughs> every now and again, if we both come home late together aboard, we'll go. Quick Lauren Hardy, and we'll watch a Lauren Hardy just to relax and unwind. Um, we watched one recent Helpmates where Stan does the same thing except he accidentally nails, uh, puts a nail through a water pipe. And you think, mm. okay, in a Lauren Hardy film, I'll take that. But I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure that even in the 90s when things were yeah. a bit, a so bit that, more laissez-faire, health just and safety, for us, wise, John, Burrage, match. Yeah. <laughs> John <laughs> Burrage actually came in. And and I think the walls would uh, be okay. more, I think they should probably mark where the cables are.
3: Don't how, it's, but it's still a brilliant funny. It's a really how funny dare image. you try and take that image away I mean, from okay. me. I can
2: say John, uh, like, John Barrish, I would I would guess, was 15 stone, so okay, I'm not yeah. sure entirely that he thought through if it. If it did happen, yeah, he hadn't thought <laughs> I, it through the fact that because uh, he's not going to be get, got up tall enough anyway, it's, it's it's not going to take his weight, and the fact that they just the fact stood there watching I,
3: him. I think I think I was really expecting that was where the joke was gonna go. I was like, Oh, he's gonna yeah, exactly. grab onto yeah, it and fall yeah, down yeah. and and, and but, he'll but injure himself. The it's, fact it was <laughs> <being> <laughs> it's it's like,
2: it's, like it's also brilliant. At the end of the book you think, Yeah, I, I can I can understand you standing around in hysterics while Gaza throws some popcorn onto a once clean floor. But that the same reaction shouldn't be happening when a man is electrocuting himself <laughs> yeah. before your eyes because <laughs> you said that's what they all do they stand around pissing themselves laughing yeah. at the fact that a man could be literally losing his life yeah. in a comedy yeah. film. Imagine
1: in the film Jurassic Park if Sam Neill just did that when the kid's trying to climb over the gate to get <laughs> into the T-Rex just sitting there pissing himself and Timmy just getting frightened That'd be great. I had um, just on the I'm going to end our chat on uh, another guy who was a prankster in the book Steve Sedgley who does one of the strangest pranks I've ever heard um, uh, in, I think, shout out to, for creativity, I guess. Um, Sedge, in particular, was great for morale because he was one crazy guy who'd do anything for a laugh or be the centre of attention. The club prankster. I can remember being woken up in the middle of the night whilst in a hotel prior to an away game by Steve, who seemed to be crying out for help. I went to the door of my room at about 2am and he was stood there with a stitch on, screaming in agony. They have to be naked. Screaming in agony with something sticking out of each nostril. On close the inspection, it turned out that he'd got two wine gums hanging from his nose. So I took him inside because he was causing such a scene <laughs> and tried to remove the offending sweets. As he freed one, he put it in his mouth and ate it Then did the same with the other uh, before saying, thanks a lot. returned to his room without a word of explanation. <laughs> I <coughs> need found out that he had a 2 a.m. wake up call just to do this. Strange boy said.
2: But it's also what I love about that story because then he tells another story, which he says was the prank that he thinks drove Paul Merson to drink. Um, uh, mm. it would, but you think, I'm, I'm, you, it just psychologically, you think, which part of that helps team morale? Well, he says this is the sort of thing that really bonded a team together, the sort of thing a team yep. needed was a, a naked Destroying man, people's lives. St- destroying people, putting wine guns yeah. up his nose. And it's <laughs> yeah. the fact that he's that Neil clearly admires the fact that he got a, a, a wake-up call to do yeah. it. Yeah, that this is I, the, I, 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 I admire that. Too. I'm, yeah. I'm impressed with that. Yeah, I really think if, that I got the wake up, if I got the
3: wake-up, if I got the wake-up call at two in the morning and they were like, it's your 2am wake-up call because you were going to stick some wine guns up your nose <laughs> yeah. and bother Neil Ruddock, I'd be like, do you know what, I won't do that now.
2: <laughs> again, it's one of those things where it implies, yeah, you wouldn't find a foreign player with a commitment to do that. Yeah yes. although there was, I, there, was, I
3: mean, there was one I think bit, he might be right there, there, there. Was,
2: there was one bit that did make me laugh as well cuz <laughs> I just it's a sort of thing I've I've said myself occasionally in a world-weary basis when Nico Claassen comes back from the World Cup.
1: Yeah, Spurs, he's, yeah. He's played he's
2: played quite well for Spurs for Belgium. Yeah. had a decent World Cup and he finds himself playing in a pre-season friendly at Tooting & Mitcham and just says, as Neil says in his broken English, what's happened to my career? Which is, is the yeah. sort of thing I occasionally find myself performing at a comedy club that I did 20 years ago thinking it's not quite gone I mean, as well I, as I, I thought.
1: Just for the listeners' um, benefit, that's the first thing Kevin said when he came on the call today. He said, what am I, what am I doing here? Well, what's happened yeah, to my they, career?
4: They,
2: they, oh, was the World a, Cup a minute ago. I, I, sh- I should have started by saying they, they say you do this pod twice in your career, once on yeah. the way up. Once that's, on the way back, that it's good funny. to be. It's good to be here again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, that's a Kevin Keegan line. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that, that brings us to the end of the book. The book uh, ends at West Ham, uh, like halfway through a season, like Jack mentioned. I think uh, they're about to win the Inter. They're about to qualify for the Inter Cup. They've
3: won they, the Inter. They've won the Intertoto, That was. They it.
2: got that, and they're, they're into Europe proper. Yes, that's it. But you, you, you made a classic mistake there because you mentioned West Ham without putting in brackets afterwards. Happy family club. Jelly deals, yeah, ties. Apologies. Which he does every, every time you. he mentions West Ham, it adds a bracket after it about what you, a happy family You're party, absolutely right.
1: Is. Apologies, mm. I missed the caveat. Um, he's uh, And then he goes to Palace, uh, which isn't in the book, then Swindon, then he retires, which isn't in there, might be in the next book, who knows. But the big question is, did this book change you? And I want your rating out of 10. Jack?
3: Uh no. Okay. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, answer. and a six. I'll say six. it was fun in places. Okay. Um, I'm. gonna give it a seven. It didn't change me. I
1: think out to Kevin has made me change my opinion on a lot of things. No, uh, yeah, so that's true. I've, I've enjoyed. I've
3: important. enjoyed Kevin's insight more. I wish everyone it's could just one of those read, things, the, read yeah. a book with Kevin. I think you'd be a very good member
1: of an actual book yeah. club, Kevin. I think this is the
2: yeah. So I, 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 I did enjoy the book. I. I um, it's a 7 from me because okay. uh, i've i have read um a, a few popular's books and it's it it is more entertaining there is more inter- i mean that doesn't say a lot mm. for the other books which mm, literally no, are, and then a- this happened, a- and and then, and that happened. A- any
1: in particular you remember that you've
4: read it, no no, no don't cause cause give me any it ideas
2: because it's, it's so unmemorable they don't they don't stay with right. you but yeah.
4: um
2: i i there's a there's a better book in there struggling to get out but Given the time it was written and the context of where his career was at at, at, at that stage, I think mm. it is actually quite a good book. I don't know whether it was serialized in a tabloid at the time, yeah, I what, wondered whether that it, too, yeah. or whether it had any any effect, you know, razor reveals or something. But um, it it is it's it's actually better than I thought and than I was expecting it to be. but again, you know, I would like to know more about his school days, even though he he dismisses the whole first 15 years of his life basically he's waiting to be old enough to get served in the pub and it's that's, like you would kind of like you know and he talks a little about his brothers would be better footballers than him but he kind of think well tell us what happened and why did they not because he just dismisses that with then they discovered girls and, and pubs it's like well come on there must be something about you that made you better than them then there must be yeah, tell us why you were more disciplined than them. Tell us what it is. Did you make sacrifices? But there's there's none of that. And I suspect it might be because he just said, no, nah, no one's interested in that. But they are. Aren't they? And I kind of think it's a shame that it's not in the book. But still, oh, well, I, did, I did still, still enjoy it. it. Seven, seven out of ten, yeah.
1: Well, it got, six, it got 6.6 6 recurring out of ten, which is a very hard number to give it to that, in total, on average. Uh, and, you know, maybe, maybe talk talks more about it and you can look forward to reading The World According to Razor, My Closest Shaves, which came out in 2020. Next time you're on the podcast, Kevin absolutely (laughs) we'll eventually do the Ruddock trilogy when the next one comes out as well Um, quiz this week I'll tell you what usually on the quiz Kevin what we do is I give everyone a a funny nickname from the book but we've been spoilt with nicknames in this book so (laughs) I I want you guys to choose your own nickname so you can choose anyone from that page 25 his his teammates from the pub side the fox that's who you are and when you've chosen your name when I ask you the question if you think you know the answer shout out your new nickname does that make
3: sense can we change every time Uh, (laughs) no no you've got to stick with one who are you going for Jack the list. Uh I will go for Judgment Day. Ju- That's intimidating. Judgment Day. Okay, cool. Kevin, you got one.
2: Well, I'd, I'd you'd think I'd go for Doris Day, wouldn't you? But as that, that was one of my nicknames at school, I'm going to sure. avoid that. But yep. <laughs> I'm going to call myself Charlie the Limp because I I, I like was... <laughs> to think that, I like to think that Charlie the Limp was a, a slightly older gentleman who probably best days were behind him, but could Perhaps. still still dominate you know, the first six yards are in your head yeah, I like yeah. to think that he stayed in the centre <laughs> circle and could still yeah. still pick a pass but just the legs were gone so that yeah. sums me up
3: oh, you've created an entire character I yeah. think <laughs> my, my guy was just a lawyer
2: yeah oh, probably he couldn't get an erection I imagine is probably the true story <laughs> Basically, <laughs> is how nicknames seem to work in Ros- in, in Razor's world. Essentially, it sounds like
1: a thirties criminal, Charlie the Limp. Charlie the Charlie Limp. The limp.
3: <laughs> listen listen <laughs> to me, Charlie the Limp. You're gonna get judgment day pretty soon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> question number one: What is Neil's philosophy? And shout out your name if you think you know what it is. Shout out your new nickname if you think you know oh,
2: the answer. Uh, Charlie the Limp. Are we implying this from what he talks about he, in the book? He, he says
1: is, he says he says he actually writes My what it, he says my philosophy. It's five words. Uh, no, six words. He says at one point, uh, this is my philosophy.
2: Is oh, crikey, no. Because I was going to say essentially Nietzschean, but it's, it's, um, <laughs> uh,
1: that is, uh, <laughs> it's... That is above what it is. I'll give you the answer. It's the make the most of it, son. So, which I oh, <laughs> don't think Nietzsche ever said. Well, uh, no, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's fulfilled
2: his... That's a self-fulfilling <laughs> philosophy, did, that, isn't he did, it? He, he made, has done that. Yeah.
1: He did make the most the of it, The
2: Nietzschean quote on my head, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh,
1: <laughs> Question number two. Where did Neil get his nickname Razor from? I think you know this...
2: Oh yes, Charlie oh, uh, uh, d- Yep. Yeah, it is a, a Canadian boxer called Donovan "Razor" Ruddock.
1: Yeah, I think Don- that's Donovan
2: right. yeah, Razor, um, the Canadian boxer whose nickname is Razor.
1: That is that's is close yeah. enough. He fought at uh, White Hart Lane, I think he did. And yes. that yeah, mm. which was which was interesting.
2: There's quite a few stories in the book of them being at sporting events. Um mm and not being the ones who trashed it. Yeah, Grand National like was one of those. Honestly. For the they said that we, Cheltan, we it, trashed yeah. it at Cheltenham. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't us. Well, don't put the story in then. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, oh, actually, bonus point, if you can name his other nickname before, because I think you said it was Jacko, but there's,
3: I've got Jacko. another one. Right. Oh, um, oh, Judgment Day. Yep. Wait, it is Jacko. We're talking no, about no, Jacko. there's another right? one he had,
1: I'm sure. Oh, was he? I think so. Pretty sure I've got it in front of me. Oh.
2: Uh, uh, I don't I know. No. About it.
1: It's a footballer's name. Oh, um...
2: Kevin? No, Keegan? No, he's obsessed with Kevin Keegan, isn't he? But no, yeah, that's I, what I, I thought, don't maybe.
1: know. Shuster, after, uh, uh Ben yes, Shuster. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, is free yes, kick yes, p- prowess. Yes, uh, yes, that's right, yes. Uh, question number four. So, so far it's one point to, uh, Charlie the Limp. Uh, what song did Neil, Jamie Redknapp, and Steve McManaman sing at a bar on the day he oh, signed?
3: um, oh my god uh judgment day and i oh it's so funny it, it's not <laughs> oh my god I, I i overthink it was so funny and i can't remember what it is now is it uh it's not my way it's not the other one that i want
1: it's definitely not the other one, oh, I, one i can't remember strangers in the night is the yeah. That's it. I, oh, I, I should Bloody i should point out.
2: I, i've I worked with jamie rednapp on a league of their own uh and on the studio days recording days uh i'm with jamie all days so my job is you know the way some thoroughbred racehorses like to have a little fat pony in the field with them to keep them calm. I'm, <laughs> nice, yeah. I'm Jamie's. I'm Jamie's little fat pony. Okay. Uh, I make. I make the eye contact for him. Um, okay. I love. I love Jamie Toots. I generally do love Jamie Toots. So I've never met a man less curious about the world, but he <laughs> he adores Razor. He absolutely really? yeah. adores nice. Razor. He really. John Barnes. He worships John Barnes. John Barnes is his biggest hero. His role model. He he. But he he loves he loves they were roommates and, and he generally gets excited when Neil comes on the show. He did point out the first time Neil came on the show when he did end up naked. Uh, that he just went, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that uh, I, in, my, I, in, my, in my life. We've all we've all got a friend but, like that, yeah. yeah, But he he really really loves Razor, and, and he's nice. again again he says he gets frustrated because he says he's not like he's not like he says he is, you know, and he he really. Help to guide him through his time at Liverpool. So, I'm
4: going to give you know, I mean, be a bonus yeah, point I for that. What?
3: I should make up some stuff about <laughs> Jamie Redknapp <up> out next time.
1: <laughs> uh, question number five Name any of the foods a Liverpool dietitian recommends Neil to eat when he hits 15
2: stone? Oh, Charlie the Limp. Yep. Sugar puffs.
1: Sugar puffs bizarrely is oh, one of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Again, he doesn't explain why. It's got sugar in yeah, the name. Be the, they, they, they should, but that would be the case. Why would that help you lose weight? Yeah. Sugar yeah. puffs. Did the honey monster work? You
1: should. Usually, yellow dietitian came in one day. Usually, <laughs> <eat> sugar puffs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. You, you, you,
2: if, if he did, there would have been a story about Razor taking him out in training.
4: Yeah. So, probably. I you know, wasn't there. Wasn't there?
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, anything else? Anyone else can name any of the two things?
3: I can't think of. I Was it pasta? No. Pasta is one. Is pasta?
1: There you go. Yeah, you get point. Okay. I didn't say you know. But yeah, that is correct. Uh, the other one is, is beans on toast. Yes. Uh, I'll be honest, you're not going to get the last. You're not going to be able to catch up, I don't think, for once. Uh, what's your That's name? Fun. Judgment Day. However, Judgment uh, Day. final question. Who did Neil win his only England cap against?
3: Charlie Lip. Oh, Judgment Day. Charlie uh, that was in Nigeria. first. No, he smashed oh, yeah. it. You have smashed it. Oh, I've been Chai destroyed. The
1: and as your prize this week, Kevin, uh, you win this week's Ken Zong. So, Ken is our friend who comes on. <laughs> I always enjoy doing this with guess who don't know who he is. Our friend Ken, uh, every week, he writes a different foot- a chant for a footballer who's since retired. Uh, <laughs> he fits it to another song. Uh, and actually, he's got us a palace theme one this week. Oh, just, fantastic. Just, for you, just for you, Kevin. Which I don't think I've done before. I've lost track of the ones we've done. And I've done this, I'm sorry, but just treat it as um, Ken Zong's greatest hits, guys, if I've done this before. Uh, To the tune of Aerosmith's Dude Looks Like a Lady. Here we go. Cruising up just looking to score. All you've got to do is beat our back four. (laughs) But he's long locked you in his sights. And it won't be too long. You know he's winning that fight all night. da 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 Damien Delaney. Da <laughs> Damien Delaney.
4: There
3: we go.
1: <laughs> Hands on. That works really well.
3: Had I done that one before, Jack? I don't. I feel like I feel like I have a memory of you awkwardly going. Da-na, da-na. <laughs> yeah, I do too. So
1: <laughs> if I did it before, sorry. I'm glad you enjoyed it though, Kevin. What memories of Damien I, Delaney. I, I,
2: Damien Delaney would would uh, very much enjoy it as well. I do. uh, Damien Delaney again, uh, one of those men with a surprise. He sidled up to me once at uh, a Palace thing and and said, "I saw your name on the credits. of Have I got news for you?" Said, "Oh, oh, right." He said, "Um, "Is there any chance you can get me tickets for a recording?" "Oh, wow,
4: that's
2: cool." I said, "Yeah, yeah, of course I could." He said, "I love that show," and then he came to the show and he was locked in conversation with me and his lot for. I had no idea who he was, but for several hours afterwards talking about all sorts of. And and then he took. Exception when uh, Richard Osman criticised one of our players and uh, Damien Delaney told him in no uncertain terms that he was wrong and knew nothing about football. So, nice! So, wow! That's but, yeah, very but da- funny. It, Damien Delaney is one of those players who, when he first joined us, he think it's his duty to learn as much about the club as he possibly could, which oh. um, I, I think Damien Delaney would approve of this book. My guess is that my guess is that Damien would be nodding at that guy, and yeah, I would have done that. That's exactly <laughs> what I would have done. <laughs> no, <laughs> that, though. No, but that's a great chant. I'll. I'll make sure that gets passed on to him.
1: Thank you very much, Kevin.
4: (laughs) Thank you. Pass
1: our regards to Damien. Uh, That's all for this week's episode, but we're back in a fortnight. If you can't wait two weeks, make sure you join the Football Book Club Club on Patreon, where you receive 20 minutes more Football Book Club action every other Monday, plus your own Football Book Club book, 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 bookmark. Head to patreon.com forward slash football book club. In the meantime, make sure you get in touch with us on Twitter at Footy Book Club, Instagram at Football Book Club, or on Facebook. Kevin, thank you so much for coming on. Tell us about the price of
2: football. The price of football is an unexpectedly popular podcast about the well, finances of, of football, which um, both Kieran Maguire and I, when we first agreed to do it, both said, "Well, probably four weeks. That will have done just about everything there is to do." But, um, it, it turned out that there is an amazing appetite out there for football finance. So I'm the kind of uh, emotions mm. uh, idiot, and Kieran uh, knows. He's just an astonishing mind. Who knows more about football finance yeah, than it is most past- people do? But it's it just we're we're roughly the same age. We're from a similar background. He supports Brighton. I support Palace, yes. which brings a different dynamic. I, I was um, going to say though, yeah, yeah, which he didn't tell me until we'd <laughs> done about pod number six. Because uh, and I I would I'm childish enough. I wouldn't have done it if I'd known he was a Brighton wow. fan yeah. beforehand. But it brings a certain dynamic we we're, we're both very romantic about football to the point of naivety i think we both have a, an old fashioned view about how important football is culturally and and as a uh, an, as a signifier of identity um how i think people just tapped into the fact they just want to learn what's being done basically and what, Definitely. what happened was it coincided with the berry story and i think because we were articulating our anger about what was happening to Barry, and also because Kieran was explaining that it could be stopped at any time and this is how it could be stopped and people just were horrified by it and it just sort of took off from there. We did our first live show two weeks ago at AFC Wimbledon oh, which went cool. very well, sold oh, out. Great. We're doing, doing our next one at Accrington. Um, it's, where, yeah, can, can be, where can I'm, people
1: buy tickets for it? Uh,
2: Eventbrite, I think, or on okay. K- uh, Kieran's um, uh, Twitter and then we're going to be doing Peterborough, Plymouth... And various other places, these are not um uh, of Apollo levels of size, but it's hey. it's not but um it's uh, what what we're really proud of as well and you all know this yourself i think I think podcasts are brilliant. I may have mentioned this at the start I think they're the most democratic thing that's happened to football uh and it's fans for a long long time. I think it's brilliant that finally fans are able to talk to other fans without having to phone in to chris Sutton or Robbie savage or 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 try and get onto a you know try and wave at somebody outside the ground. It's got a sky camera, and I think they're brilliant. And also, I do <clears throat> Five Year Plan, which is a Palace podcast that we do, which I love doing because, again, you know, if you do talk, I do talk sport a lot, Hawksby and Jacobs,
4: because
2: mm-hmm. uh, they're the only grown ups on talk sport. So I do yep. them a lot. but it, And it's great, but you'll talk about football, but sometimes you will find yourself, if you talk about Palace, you have to put it into context. So you'll mention a player, and then you have to explain who that is. But when you do the Palace one, you don't have to do that. It's just brilliant. It's like mm-hmm. if somebody mentions Dave Swindlerst. No one, no one goes, who's Dave's Phyllis? Everyone goes, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, just, yeah. You, man, yeah. Which, again, I love. And, again, every single club now has got two or three podcasts, and it's brilliant. And and the clubs are having to acknowledge as well that the, the fans, they you know, clubs listen to podcasts. They they, they really do listen to podcasts because that's the best way of them to find out what fans are really thinking. Not the people that are just tweeting every day. It's the best way to find out what fans are really thinking about. And I, I'm, I think it's great. I love doing it.
1: This, well it's great and I'm, it is great that there's loads of uh, clubs that have got their uh, multiple podcasts but if anyone else out there tries to do a football book club <laughs> podcast uh, we'll oh get god, you we will get you we will, will you, we'll track you down. you down and democracy <laughs> will be dead you're welcome back on <laughs> anytime we've loved having you. you on we'd love to have you on
3: Jack ain't lost words? oh god um, <laughs> hang on uh, meat and two veg and turkey tell but, okay.
1: there we go <laughs> thank you very much good night
3: Thank you for listening to Football Book Club. It featured James Bug, Jack Bernhardt, and Kevin Day. It was produced by friend of the show, James Bug. Thanks to Neil for writing the book, obviously, but where are they all now? Well, Neil has since retired from the game, written a second book, and if you want to see him with his top off, slip £500 to Kevin and he'll get you in touch with someone. Steve Sedgley has been banned from setting wake-up calls by all Hilton hotels worldwide, Alan Sugar went on to host The Apprentice, where he'd set tasks such as discreetly listen in on David Howell's voicemails, there is no evidence Charlie the Limp cannot sustain an erection, and there are simply too many members of the Fox Pub football team to catch up with. However, Satellite's Joan, Boyfriend, if you're listening, big love. The music hills behind is the work of Silent Partner and is used on a Creative Commons 4.0 basis. We'll be back in a fortnight. Until then, see you later.